Hey there. Have you ever thought to yourself, I really like hockey and I'd love a show to listen to, but I also don't have enough nonsense in my life and questionable opinions. Ha, <laughs> I got the show for you, bud. And there's some really, really thirsty person in that group, okay? That will be like, I'll give you $7 for that lemonade. And the $2 person is like, whoa, okay, walking away. That person's crazy. That is exactly what happens in free agency all the time. And that is a really good metaphor. And if you don't appreciate it, put the phone down and get out of here. We don't want you around. You can't say, hey, you tripped this guy, but also he dove. Well, if he dove, I didn't trip him. If you're a goalie, just, you know, chill. You don't have to do as much as you think you need to do. But also we talk about hockey. So go check out Siren Sounder, a Canes podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. New episodes every Monday and after every playoff game during the playoffs. Let's go Canes! Hello and welcome back to the Palm Tree Podcast. Justin Bedford alongside Noah Russo. How you doing this week, Noah? I'm doing good. Um, kind of uh, a lot of stuff going on in the NHL, so pretty exciting time. Yeah, a lot of stuff. We got a uh, you know round round one, I guess, is over. Um, some good series, and then I mean a lot of other stuff going on around the league too. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we'll start off here. Let's talk about the the Mike Milbury comments. I mean, if you're asking me if I was surprised, the answer is no. Um, like, the only thing that I was surprised about is that he was still commentating. Like, uh, it's completely uncalled for. Just something you can't say. It, it's a bit ridiculous at this point that, you know, he's still on the air, like, comment, you know, commentating games. Like, yeah. Like, there's just no reasonable way you could justify having him on the air exactly and like is is anyone watching games and being like oh my goodness thank god mike milbury's commenting like this is great like no yeah and i don't even think nbc fired him no they they sent him home they should fire him for sure i mean yeah 100 if um what's his name was uh jeremy roenick because jeremy roenick was fired from nbc correct yeah, and then he's suing NBC. Which is completely ridiculous. I mean, I put both those guys in the same category. I cannot stand Jeremy Roenick. Yeah. Um, he has to get fired. Like, NBC has to do something about this. Yeah, definitely. Like, even taking away all the offensive things he said, which is a lot all the time, <laughs> but even if you just take that away, like, he's not a good analyst. Like, he adds nothing. Exactly. And I, I think there's a lot of commentators out there like that, but especially when you mix in those derogatory comments and sexism, it just so uncalled for. Well, and it's like, it's not even the first, like, you know, like thing he's done these playoffs, right? Exactly. Like there was him uh, commentating on a uh, Muzzin's injury, like, Oh, good play. Get a whistle as he's like, Muzzin, they're getting the stretch route. Yeah. I mean, just all around terrible. So yeah, and I kind of avoided it because I mostly just listen to the games on either Sportsnet or 
um, I get them in French or even when I'm, when I watch them on NHL game center, it's usually the local NBC broadcasts. Yeah. And, and he's on the national feed. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think I had one where it was the national feed and, and he was on. Yeah, exactly. Is I, I, I was kind of spared from that, but it's completely uncalled for you're on national television. Yeah. And it's just like, there are so many more competent people that can do that job. Exactly. So it's just, it's so unnecessary. So like, he's got to be fired. Like it's, it's ridiculous that he hasn't been yet. And if he's not, then I I don't even think, I know NBC sent him, sent him home, but I think it was kind of like they, they forced him to go home. And he said that he was going home off of his own terms. Yeah, no, they definitely, it was something like that. Um, just to kind of spin the narrative but no he even even if he promises to i don't know like clean up his act or anything there's just no room for him oh yeah and even like you'll like nbc and the nhl like they release statements on it like whatever right but like they're only like they only do that because of the public pressure right exactly Like, like they need to be better and they need to be more on top of things to not have to wait until people lose their minds over something to make a change it, it has to start at the top it, it yeah. can't it you can't be the nhl and nbc has to be proactive and not reactive in the sense that they don't they can't wait until it becomes a problem they have to eliminate the issue before it even becomes an issue yeah you know it, it just something has to be done absolutely so but I, I fully expect that he will not be commentating ever again. No, and that's that's fantastic. Hopefully, and, and we saw how quick um, Sportsnet, yeah, uh, yeah, it was Sportsnet with Don Cherry this past this past season. Uh, how quick they were to get rid of him, and you know, I if if they had waited this long for Don Cherry, it would have been public uprising. So NBC's got to get got got to get this figured out and get rid of him. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, next thing we got, we got some other notes from around the league. Um, Alan Walsh, Marc-Andre Fleury's agent, tweeted out a photo, I think yesterday, which was like, it was like a commission painting, basically, of Marc-Andre Fleury being stabbed in the back with a yeah. sword saying Peter DeBoer on it, which is, I don't think there's a less subtle way you could deliver that point. Okay, but my first reaction, to be honest, was how the hell did, did he get this done? Like, yeah. this, like, this is fantastic art. Yeah, like, he clearly didn't do it. Like, he went and asked someone, he's like, hey, can you, can you make this up? Yeah. This picture, like... I mean, there, there's blood dripping from the sword. It's, it's pretty graphic. It, it, yeah, it's defi- definitely an artist that did this. Um, but Alan Walsh... He he's he's something. He's a very outspoken agent with regards to his clients, which yeah. is good sometimes and maybe not all the times. Yeah, and I remember he he had, he was huge in the Jonathan Druin uh, situation when he was still in Tampa Bay and he was having he was ruffling feathers with Steve Eiserman. Um, Alan Walsh was huge there, and this reminds me of 2010. He was representing Yaroslav Halak 
when it was Halak and Price and it was kind of like, who do they keep? And it was the playoffs. And, and he, he basically pulled the same stint with Halak trying to pressure the Habs into playing him. Yeah. Well, and, and just like, here's the thing, right? Like with Marc-Andre Fleury, like I love Marc-Andre Fleury. Like, he's one of my favorite players of all time. Like seems like just the greatest guy ever. Right. But like, and I get that, you know, you know, he's been with Vegas for a couple of years. Now he signed the extension. Right. But Robin Leonard's the guy going from the playoffs. And it's like, you can't really fault the coach for playing the goalie that's playing better. Like that's kind of what you do. Here's the thing. I've never been a huge Pete DeBoer fan by any means. I I personally not, not a fan, not a fan of Pete DeBoer. I don't really like him. Um, That being said, his logic is sound. He's playing the better goalie. Yeah. Like I imagine he would play Marc-Andre Fleury if Marc-Andre Fleury was playing better. Like, it's, it's not even that Marc-Andre Fleury is playing bad. It's just Robin Leonard's just being better. Yeah, and like, yeah, Rob, Robin Leonard's tremendous goalie. Great deadline addition. Like, first of all, yeah, they go and they get Robin Leonard at the deadline. Like, of course, like, he's coming in to solidify that position. Like, that's a pretty big hint there that Vegas does not have a huge amount of faith in Flurry which rightfully so during this season, like Vegas is a terrific team, you know, a contending team. And if you have an area of weakness and you, you go in it and address it. Right. And that's exactly what they did. So I don't think, you know, and it is what it is. And Flurry's been in these spots before too. Like he was the backup with Matt Murray in Pittsburgh when they won those cups. And I, I can't remember if it was the first or the second cup they won as a tandem that Flurry, Flurry wasn't playing. Matt Murray had a bad game. He came in. I think he won the series against Washington that year. Had a bad game after that. And it was back to Matt Murray. Yeah. And so, like, with the picture, like, Alan Walsh, you know, you know the speculation is, did Marc-Andre Fleury know this was happening? Right? Yeah. And so, we uh, reports today, Fleury came out, and he declined to answer if he knew his agent was going to post that photo, which to me means he knew. I don't see. I don't think so. See, to me, if, it, if he didn't know, he would just say, I didn't know. I didn't know he was going to do that. I think it was a little out of line. You know, Pete Boer's a great guy, a great coach. You know, it's all about the team right now. Robin's a great goalie. And so I'm happy to be here with this group. But to just decline to answer to me, I think it's a safe move because I, I think either way, he loses, right? Because if he didn't know about it, all right, if he didn't know, then he's fully saying that, yeah, I knew. I, I was hoping that it was going to pressure DeBoer. Uh, that was my full attention. And if he didn't know, well, it, he's basically saying, like, you can't really trust Alan Walsh. Which, like – which to me is completely factual. To, to me, it seems like, like as much as I love Flurry's a guy, and I don't think, like, you know, I'd like to think he didn't know, I think he knew. And just based off of him declining to comment, like, if, you're, if, if you didn't know, just say you didn't know and say, like, I talked to Alan, cleared it up, you know, 
he's always got my back. Like there are ways to address it, to be very clear. And he was very vague in that response. And to me. But, but if he didn't know and he, he, he okayed it, what does he have to gain? He has nothing to gain from Alan Walsh posting that. Absolutely nothing. He has everything to lose actually. Well, because I, I can tell you for a fact that Pete DeBoer sees that and it's not making Pete DeBoer want to play Flurry. It's making him want to play him even less. So Flurry has it, nothing to gain. All right, and the, the timing of it's a bit weird, but do you think it sends the message that Flurry wants to go somewhere else? No. I, I, I think it's completely uncalled for. And that, that's why the, the reason why I think that Flurry had no idea is because he has nothing to gain from posting that. See, I think he does. If he wants out of Vegas, the that's only a pretty way, clear I'm out. I, I mean... Right, and I just, like, I don't think, you know, as much as Alan Walsh is very outspoken, I don't think an agent would do something that brash without their client's permission. But and I don't if, think And he, if they did, I think he'd be fired right now. And he's not... I don't think, I don't think he can get out of Vegas. That, that, that's why I, that's my perspective is you look at the free agency pool of goaltending for this summer or this fall, whatever, COVID. Why, why would you as a team trade for Flurry when you can get for the same price or cheaper just as good of a goalie? Well, the thing for me is the only way it makes sense is if you're moving cap back the other way. Right. And, you know, I, I, don't see, I don't see that happening. I, I think there are enough teams with goaltending issues where, like, if, you want, if you're, you're prepared to pay a goalie $7 million, but you need to move some money out, you can't do that just free agency. So if you like – and, you know, as much as there is good goalies on the market, like there's only one Braden Oldby, there's only one Robin Leonard. Once those two guys are gone, it's a little slim, and it's guys that – I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Jacob Markstrom's a UFA as well, and he just got his team past the first round. Jake, Jacob um, Markstrom's a UFA, but, like, I fully expect Jacob Markstrom to be back in Vancouver. 100%. So, like, I'm already, like, taking him off the mark. Like, I know he's there, but, like, in my mind, like, he's in Vancouver, so that's fine. But, like, I, like there, are, there are a couple of teams that could use some goaltending and need to move cap to make it work, and I think that's where the fit might be. Right, and I think – you know, and this is all speculation, obviously. We have no knowledge. I, I mean, hypothetically, let's look at, at a team like Toronto, who would oh, Toronto. hypothetically be looking at giving, giving up Anderson for a different goalie, right? So you trade Anderson and you give up. Who else? Who, who, uh, see, I don't see it happening. Because I – who – what does Vegas need – that is gonna is gonna come back in a trade for Flurry. They don't think, need another goalie because if they trade away Flurry, it means they're re-signing Leonard. Absolutely, absolutely, that's what it means. They don't need forwards. They have a fantastic top six. Yeah, great decor. I think I honestly think they could they could use an upgrade on D as good as they are, and they have some really good guys. Like I love Nate Schmidt. Right, so, and, and if you look at fantastic. Let's look at teams that need goalies. Toronto, you're not getting any D from Toronto. Edmonton, you're not, as much as I'm sure Edmonton would love to get rid of Chris Russell, 
there's no chance I'd take him on my team. No, I think I think if you looked at like just going Edmonton here, like what if it was because I think Edmonton really needs to shake up their D. That D sucks. You know, all the respect, yeah. right? And it's like they're all fine players. They just don't. They're not a good unit, right? But like, what if it was not Chris Russell? What if it was Adam Larson? See, I wouldn't take a floater on Adam Larson either. Why not? One year left. But you're trading away Mark Andre Fleury. You're going to need much better return than Adam Larson. Well, you're trading away Mark Andre Fleury with a bad contract, and he's old. See, I don't think it's that bad of a contract. When you look at the other contracts and our Florida Panthers. Yeah, is it better than Bobrovsky's contract? It's absolutely better than Bobrovsky's contract. There's no doubt. And that's, what, that's what goalies are going for now. And I fully expect Braden Holby to get at least $7 million. It's not going to be a long-term deal, but he's going to get at least $7 million cause and, he's so a Stanley- Ro- and so will Robin Leonard, and so will Jacob Markstrom. But I think those guys at this stage are a tier above Marc-Andre Fleury. I, how, how old's Fleury? I want to say he's like... All right, I, I'm going to look it up because I'm curious. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, you look it up. I'm guessing he's like 35. He's exactly 35. Yeah, so... Now. And then how old's Brayden Holpe? Brayden Holpe's younger, for sure. Much younger? I want to say Brayden Holpe's like 32, 33 or something. Hey, that's not much younger. He's 30. It's a couple of years. Yeah, 30, 30s, 30s. I yeah. thought he was a little... And like Brayden, Brayden Holpe also didn't have a great year this year either. Exactly. Right, and like you say Brayden Holpe 7, I could see him getting less. Just because of the market and the season he had. <laughs> But he also has won a cup. So, but so is Flurry. So you go. You could argue different points all day. To me, like I mean, coming back, coming back to the tweet, and Flurry asked him to take it off, and he took it off. Oh yeah, like after everyone sees. <laughs> <laughs> like what great that was great. Like everyone saved that. Like, <laughs> oh, it's such a just great. You know, I I. What does Alan Walsh have to gain from posting that as well? If he's trying to get his client out of Vegas, I would say, job well done. He nailed it. So that would be the only reason. And if he's, trying to, get his client, and if he's trying to get his client out of Vegas, it's because his client wants out of Vegas. And Flurry I think said, Flurry loves it in Vegas, though. I'm sure he loves it in they Vegas. They love him. He but was just, the cornerstone of, of an expansion franchise. Oh, yeah. But does he love sitting on the bench for the third time while his team's going on a cup run? Like, probably not. And I remember, and this is really unrelated. Actually, no, it is related. I take it back. This is related. Um, I was reading, this was, like, years ago. I had this, like, the Hockey News, like, Prospects book, right? And it was all these up-and-coming prospects, and one of them was Flurry. And it was, it was Bob McKenzie's the author. And it was, like, a story where, like, a coach sat Flurry, like, he sat Flurry for a game and handed him, like, a notepad and was like, can you just track, like, shots on goal for us? And Flurry just like wrote on the page like I'm not a statistician like I'm a goalie, <laughs> and that was it. And so like to me that's a guy who doesn't love like I know it's a while ago but like I can understand the frustration. Even though I'm sure so, he loves it in Vegas, I just out of curiosity, and we probably won't know don't don't know this for sure. But at the time when he was picked by Vegas in the expansion draft. Did you did you think he wanted out of Pittsburgh? No. It's a very similar situation in my mind. It it, it is really similar, 
Um, but I think Flurry realized his time was done in Pittsburgh, and I think I think he still still thinks he might have it in Vegas. And like, th- I think the difference to me is like Pittsburgh had Matt Murray, right? He's in their system, right? So he takes over. But Vegas went out and got Robin Leonard. And they 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 talked to Flurry when they got him. Oh yeah. Right? And supposedly Flurry was okay with it. And supposedly they're very good friends. And supposedly, you know, this is all f- coming directly from Marc Andre Flurry. Well, that's a he th- said this. And I totally agree. Like to me, before this Alan Walsh tweet, like I was assuming like it was all good in Vegas, like they had an understanding and Flurry was fine in that role. But with this tweet, it kind of makes me think now he wants out, you know? Yeah, and he had a press conference today, and he said, I think it was maybe a way of defending me. Which, like, and I, and which, I get that. Which doesn't make it sound like he knew. Which, the thing is, though, like, there are ways to defend your client without commissioning a painting <laughs> of your client getting stabbed through the heart with a sword. With a coach's exactly. Sword. Like, so, you know, it, we'll know in time, but my guess is that Flurry's not a Vegas Golden Knight next year. See, I, I'm I'm curious to see if he'll be there next year and if Seattle were to take him. You know who'd look really good on Seattle? Maybe Sergei Bobrovsky. <laughs> Just as a <laughs> maybe they could rock a Bobrovsky Price tandem. Yeah, just success is spending $20 million on your, on your net. That's very clear. That's how you do it. That's how you build a team. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, really, like, we'll just kind of have to wait and see. But right now, I mean, Vegas. I mean, wait, talk about an absolute head-scratcher of a situation. Just, like, out of nowhere, too. Like, <laughs> terrible timing. Completely just really makes you think, like, what's, <laughs> Why? Like, if you have real concerns about this, like, why not say something when the playoffs are over? Why not wait to see if they actually re-sign him, and then if they re-sign him, post something? Yeah, instead of... Anyways, regardless, though, great painting. Because now he pretty much screwed Flurry into not starting in the playoffs again, unless Leonard does really bad. Which, who knows? We'll we'll have to see how it plays out. Exactly. Just a crazy situation overall. Um, Absolutely nuts. But our last note here from around the league, we spent a lot of time on the floor. <laughs> one just there. But uh, Todd Reardon getting fired from Washington after losing to the Islanders. I mean, the Islanders are a great team. We all know that. But uh, what did you think of this decision? I wasn't surprised. I fully expected it. And I expect, I expect Calgary's coaching staff to go through the same, same change. I I imagine I actually go to Calgary. I think Calgary's coaching staff is fine. And do you think they make a change with Tree Living then? No, I think I think if you see changes in Calgary, I think it's with the team, like the players, and I think it's Tree Living that does it. From what, from what I've heard, it's basically Johnny Goodrow's out. Which you know, if that's what you want to do and you want to reshape your team, he's he's going to be very easy to trade. Absolutely. You're going to get a very good return for him, I think. Yeah. But to me, like, I just – with the Calgary situation, I don't think it's fair to, to let go of the coaching staff just because they had such a short runway with this team, right? Like, they took over – he took over midseason Jeff Ward. 
and you lose Kachuk in the playoffs, that's a massive loss, right? Completely different series with him in there. Here's the problem, though. You're still up 3 nothing. Oh, yeah. No, that, I, I, that, that's, what, that's what puzzles me, and I definitely think massive changes have to come in Calgary. And maybe we'll, talk, we'll, maybe we'll keep this for when we recap the first round because I don't want to get too, um, too distant from the whole coaching situation. But I agree that there's much more wrong with the team than the coaching. Whereas, here's the thing with Washington, though. First game, they lose Backstrom. Your number one center. That's huge. Yeah. And Lars Seller leaves the bubble because his wife's having a baby. Yeah, congratulations to him, by the way. You lose two of your four centers. I see. Washington was never going to win that series from that point on. To me, like, and but you want to know what I? Sometimes you just need a coaching change. Well, to me, it's like, you know, I, I yeah, I'm not, I'm not putting the firing completely on this series, but like they lost in the first round last year too. Yeah. Right. And so back to back first round exits after going to the Cup final with a different coach, right? And like, I don't. Fall- a very similar team. Very similar. A lot of the same pieces. And I don't – and I know they're old. Like, their core was old when they won, and they're older now. I mean, I'd say their D right now was better than when they won the Cup. Yeah. So, to me, like, I don't – yeah, they let Barry Trotz go because he wanted too much money, right? Like, if that's what you're going to do, that's fine. But I don't think Todd Reardon was the right guy to replace him in the first place. Right? I think with a group like that, a group that's – like Todd Reardon to me seems like the kind of coach you want to grow with your team. Like if you have a young team, you maybe want a coach there with them who can guide them, who's growing as well. But the Capitals are in that win now kind of mode. Like they are what they are and they need a coach that can elevate. And I don't think Reardon was the right guy for that. 100%. And in the context of the amount of coaches that are available right now, I think they can get an excellent coach to replace him. Who's who's top of your list, coach to replace him? I've always freaking loved um, Gerard Gallant. Yeah, he. I I think he would be great. Um, then you have Laviolette, Boudreaux, uh, Mike Yo, who. Maybe. Uh, I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think if you got the other names out there, like you're not even throwing Mike Yo in the mix. John Stevens, Kirk Muller showed that he can maybe step up to a head coaching position, although it didn't go great in Carolina. Um, you know who I really like, who's not really an obvious choice, and I if think would be what? Who do you think I'm going to say? I, I I'm just hoping you don't say Mike Babcock. Oh no, that would be <laughs> no. I was going to say Todd Nelson in Dallas. Yeah. yeah. I think is a really, first of all, players can still call him Todd. No change there. That's easy. Second of all, like uh, Todd Nelson, he's the assistant coach in Dallas right now. He coached with the uh, Griffins, I believe, in the AHL. But he took over the bench in Edmonton a few seasons ago for like half a year. And the Oilers were a much better team when he was behind that bench. And that was an Oilers team with Justin Schultz. Neil Yakupov played well. 
Like, he got a lot out of those players. And so I think he's not really out there as a big-name coaching candidate. But I think he would be a really, really good candidate. Yeah, and it's it's going to be really, really interesting because there's definitely no shortage of coaches. And there's not that many teams that are looking for coaches. No. Because for some reason, New Jersey already made their pick with Lindy Ruff. Which, interesting. <laughs> say the least i mean you look at the i mean maybe that just fit their budget or whatever but like you're looking at the field of coaches and you're like the, the only way i can see wrong. it is maybe john chikas had something to do with that hire that's the only thing that i can think is well if john if john chikas an analytics guy i don't think he's going out and saying let's hire windy rough exactly guy, it doesn't make any sense the guy most famous for just having dominic hasek <laughs> in net which like that's not coaching exactly so the lindy ruff hire is just extremely puzzling yeah with the names that are out there yeah but so i, I think gerard Gallant would be an excellent fit in washington yeah and, and very, he knows how to, he knows how to play vet, with veterans and mix in some young core with that so i have no doubt that he would excel in washington it's just going to be interesting to see if he gets the hire. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, no doubt in my mind that it was, you know, you never want to see a guy get fired, but in no, no doubt in my mind that letting go of Todd Reardon was the right thing for that team. If they still want to contend and it'll be interesting to see what they do in the off season with that in mind and with, uh, you know, certain financial restrictions, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Yeah. 100%. If their, their whole point with not hiring trots, was because he wanted too much money. Uh, maybe it's an issue again. We'll see. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so with that, we'll, lead in. we'll just briefly, briefly recap um, the first round here. And I guess we'll start with Washington, New York. New York obviously beating the Panthers in the play-in uh, play and then taking down the Caps in five. Uh, what did you think of this series? And what do you think? Uh, about the Islanders moving forward? Uh, fantastic. They played so well. Varlamov stood on his head. Varlamov looked like Varlamov from the first year Patrick Waugh coached in Colorado, and they made the playoffs. Yeah, he looked like Vesna Varlamov. Exactly. That's what I was thinking of. So, I, and the way Philly played against Montreal, I... yeah. It's that's going to be a good series, but just Barry Trotz once again just impresses with his coaching ability. So much structure, and they just like they just get like they don't you know they don't have that like top end guy, but they just like have everyone chip in a little, and it just works. And you know they're they're so well rounded, so well built, and they can play physical. Yeah, Anders Lee getting into two fights in the first game. Yeah, like they can play physical, so. I have I have a lot of faith that the Islanders can make it to the conference final. Yeah, to me, yeah, absolutely. Um, next series here, we'll go Montreal-Philly. What did you think of this one? I don't think so much as Philly won as they survived. That's what it felt like watching them. And hats off to them in games three and four 
is they got the quick goal and then they were able to play stellar defense. They really reminded me of Barry Trotz's stru- uh, his defensive structure. Yeah. And I thought, you want to know what? Who knows? But the way they played against Montreal, I don't don't have a lot of faith in them in the next round. Yeah. Like, here's the thing for me in that series. And I know, like, you know, Vancouver and whatever. Like, to me, though, this was the most surprising series uh, in that first round. And first of all, super boring series to watch just as, like the, – the first. I, the first four games the first game, were terrible. Yeah, I was like – Even oh, the yeah. last game was horrible. Yeah, it's like yeah, I don't There even... was one good game. It was game five. Yeah, which was nuts. It was a great game. But other than that, yeah. it was really under underwhelming series. Like, not that interesting in my mind. But to me, what surprised me was, A, how bad Philly looked. Like, Philly's been getting a lot of hype recently um, just with the way they ended the season uh, before the stoppage and then the way they played in the qualifying. They were turning a lot of heads playing some really good hockey. So I expected a bit more to Philly. And then Montreal surprised me in that they were much better than I have given them credit for in the past. And a lot of that was their young guys with Kakaniemi and Suzuki. And if we can just talk real quick about game five, because that was the most exciting game. What did you think of the Kakaniemi hit? Okay. Here's the thing. It's like, to me... It, it, the NHL just is all over the place with their let's get, players. Let's safety. get it out of the. Let's get it out of the way. It was one hundred percent a penalty. Well, that's the thing. Is it's a penalty, right? And uh, like, I can understand why they gave him the game. I can understand the reasoning behind it. Would I have made that same decision? No, I, I wouldn't it, have done that. And but, I, the, but, but I understand the reasoning behind it, and I understand that they. So to the, me. The Twitter sphere was completely convinced that Chris Lee had it out for Montreal, which I have no trouble believing. I have no trouble believing, but I also like, I don't but think it's not was... a personal call. No, it, and to me, and it's tough to say, like, you watch it in slow mo, you watch it full speed, like, the game moves fast. Um, so it, it comes down to, the, for me, it comes down to the fact that when Kakaniemi engaged in the hit, Sanheim still had the puck. His follow through led him to have to be facing the boards, and caught Kanyemi just kind of finished the hit, and it looked bad, especially considering Sanheim cut himself. Yeah, well, just the issue to me is just that I think it is a bad, a bad hit for sure, penalty. But you've seen lots of hits that are bad in these playoffs that get absolutely nothing, and so it's like, where's that standard? You know, if you go look in the first round, um, there was a hit. In the Pittsburgh-Montreal series, there was a hit on Jake Evans, where Jake Evans uh, uh, left for the game because he was injured. It was Chris Tanev, or Brandon Tanev, sorry, um, who hit him. They looked identical, and Tanev didn't even get a two-minute penalty. Yeah, which is and, – and then it's, it makes it hard for the players when they don't know what's a good hit and what's not a good hit. Because if Brandon Tanev – gets a game or whatever for that hit. There's no way Cod Kanyemi yeah. doesn't do that. Exactly. Right? So the standard is just so all over the place that you can't – you don't know where the line is. And so it's, it's tough for the players. So to me, you know, that is what it is. 
There's the Brendan Gallagher cross check. That, that was the last thing I wanted to talk about because yeah, I know we're trying to get through this real quick. Um, one game for Matt Niskanen, no penalty on the play. What did you think? Okay, again, like, here's the thing. And slow-mo in real time look completely different. Well, the thing is, like, in real time, I understand them not calling a penalty because, again, game moves so quick, a lot of stuff going on. That game is a bit of a mess, right? So I can understand it going missed, even though he's bleeding, right? Whatever. Right. And, and it was completely – It was the game was officiated completely all over the place. So I can understand, like, just a bad game for the refs and it yeah, wasn't and called. Fine. No refs call. Missed fine. Up, but one fine. game, one game is ridiculous. The fact is – he did the exact same thing on Sidney Crosby two years ago or three years ago. Yeah. The exact same cross check. So it's just... This guy, he's clearly doing it on purpose. Well, because it's so long ago, right? It's not a repeat offender, right? Because that expires. And Well, he didn't get... He only got a game, but he got a five in a game then. He didn't get suspended. Yeah. And I think, I think Pittsburgh was up 3 nothing in that series or 2-1. But the fact that the fact that Gallagher's out for the entire series and Niskanen only gets one game, it's yeah. In like in my mind, he should have at least been out too, so he doesn't come back in that series. Bare minimum. That that's that's all I was expecting. Two games, two games would have been fine. Yeah, like you just say he's out for the rest of the series. Fine, right? That was like, and it's big, not like it's not like they're he's the number one D on that team or anything. No, right? And it's one of those things. Like I was shocked when I heard it was one. Like I'm thinking, like yeah, bare minimum two. But if he got like three or four, I'd be like, you know what? Like, yeah, he broke a guy's jaw. That's a bad play. He's done it before. Four games. I'm okay with that too. But yeah. One to me, just I can't. Yeah, there, there, there has to be more consistency in that whole department of player safety. So we'll we'll see, but yeah. That's that's that serious. Um, All right, yeah, we spent way too much time on that. Way too much time. Okay, <laughs> we'll just we'll quickly rattle through it right. here. Uh, Columbus Tampa. Expected. I picked. I picked. I picked Tampa in that series. Um, I I don't even like even if game one. Yeah, even I found, if that, game, I found even it if dragged that, on a bit long. Game one. <laughs> even if that five overtime and Columbus comes out the winner in that, I think Tampa still wins that series. Um, I think they needed to get the, you know, the cat off their back or whatever the saying is. Monkey off the back. Monkey off the back. Um, I, I, they just looked better. I think. I also think Columbus was tired. Yeah, I think here's what you're looking at here. A Columbus super tired. Played a lot of hockey in the the playing round. Played that first game. Didn't get you know lose that game. Mm-hmm. But I think you have a a more skilled Tampa team and a really motivated Tampa team. And with that, you have no chance. And you, we really saw how good Seth Jones and Zach Wierenski were in that series. Yeah. Those guys, I, unbelievable. Jonas Borosalo, unbelievable. The next Sergei Bobrovsky, just fantastic. Um, um, but very, very bright future for Columbus, I think, especially after this season. Yeah, absolutely. Pierre-Luc Dubois looks like a stud. Yeah. Um, Should have gone for a silver all, no doubt. No doubt. Austin Matthews, who? Austin Matthews didn't make the playoffs. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right. We'll, we'll, we'll move on here. All right. Um, the last series in the East. Yeah. Which Boston, is Carolina. Boston, Carolina. I was 
not expecting that. I picked Carolina in seven games. I, I like Boston's a very good team. They haven't, they didn't play well in the play-in round, and they they weren't with that. Yeah, you know, they were that Pasternak for a couple, of, but like, yeah, like I, I like Carolina a lot on paper, and I like the way they play. Um, I'm not like too surprised Boston won. I'm surprised they won that easily. Exactly. Right. I was just. I mean, it's funny. Same time though, I look at Carolina and I think, man, this team's a goalie away. Maybe a Mark Andre Fleury away. I I think so. Because they they can certainly afford to trade some D. Yeah, they have a surplus of D. Um, you know, or maybe even a Sergei Bobrovsky type. <laughs> you know, not that we're trying to trade Sergei Bobrovsky, but you know, let us know if you're interested. We're <laughs> good friends with Vinny Trocheck. Let's go. But, um, yeah, I just kind of underwhelmed from the Carolina perspective. It just I expected more from that series. Yeah, but... and and to be fair, they didn't have Svechnikov, and he's so good. Yeah, I think that was just an unfortunate hockey play, to be honest. Oh, I, I totally agree. It's, it's just... it really sucked. It was really hard to see. Yeah, and just really, yeah, it really sucks for for the player and for the Hurricanes. Yeah, but. You know, is what it is. Bright future, like Columbus. Um, and you know, who knows with Boston? We'll move out yeah. west. We'll move out west now. We'll start Colorado, Arizona. Wasn't even close. Wasn't even close. Like I, I wasn't surprised. Like no, I was surprised Arizona won a game. Yeah, I couldn't. They won one game off their goalie. Exactly. I think he he had like fifty shots that game. Yeah, and just like to me, like. Back to back seven one losses after that. Well, that's the thing. Like that elimination game. Like to me, like that's got to say something about the team. When you lose seven one, you think you'd want to come out and send a message that you're better than that, and you do the same thing. I think there's no chance Taylor Hall resigns there, especially after he said that he wanted to go to a winning team. Do you no think chance. Taylor Hall just like left the bubble and immediately bought a house in Edmonton to sign with the Oilers, or do you think like mid game? He was like, was like Nathan McKinnon just being like, hey, buddy, you know, real estate's real cheap in Colorado or something like that. He was trying to figure out, he was, he was talking to Jared Bednar and trying to figure out what number he could get next year. Yeah. Yeah, I think I saw him say that, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, just Arizona completely, I have no idea where they're going. Yeah, I have and, no idea. And Colorado. I, even, like, I couldn't even tell you if they're going to make the playoffs next season. I don't think so. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Exactly. Who knows? And now they're apparently the, the whole GM situation is completely ridiculous as well. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see what happens there. But Colorado looked unbelievable in this series, for sure. Cup threat. Um, we'll move on now. Calgary. Uh, Calgary in their series. Dallas. I picked Calgary in that series. I really thought they could they could get it done. I was. Just... Ugh. Like, <laughs> yeah. What the hell? I, that last game. First of all, everyone who said Milan Lucic was back, go home. Go lay down. Go take. No, no, he's not. Dallas was two for two on the power play in that last game. Both penalties came from Lucic. The dumbest penalties I've ever seen a guy take in an elimination game. Come over, on, over, the, over the glass is like. That's a tough one. <laughs> like, but the, of course, of course, it's the him. Interfer- the interference penalty in the first period that got Dallas back <clears> on the board. 
what the hell, man? Yeah, like you're absolutely dominating, right? And Lucci's <sighs> like, guys, let's, let's let him in this game a little bit here, eh? Let's just give him a little <laughs> bit of room, see what they can do. And oh, the change has to come in that on that team. I, I don't, I don't know. No, yeah. I mean, and credit Dallas. I mean, the lowest scoring team in the playoffs, and they're just like, ah, oh, we'll, we'll throw seven in or whatever. So that was game six, but also game game five. They're up five four, and they get scored on with sixteen seconds left. Come like, on. They are so close to going up 3-1 in this series. And instead, they go 2-2, two, 3-2. Two, two, and like, it's... and they can't even trade for Marc-Andre Fleury because they have no D next year. I think they have three D that are actually yeah. signed through next season. Well, they do have, like, Valimaki coming back and Shillington. And Rasmus <sighs> Anderson is solid. Geo's and then, old. But... And Noah Hannafin's the only other D that they have signed. So All the other guys are gone. Yeah, I think that team's definitely in for a major shakeup. Um, but yeah, I mean, credit Dallas and Dylan Dubé looked too. good though. Yeah, Dylan Dubé looks really good. That yeah. was nice. But so, yeah, nice, nice. Oh, and obviously tough with the Kachuk injury. And especially considering Bishop was unfit to play. What was up with that? I don't know. He's unfit. <laughs> I I had no idea what that what was up with that. So Kadobin comes in. I was like, oh. Sorry, man. Like, this is going to suck for Dallas. Yeah. Anton Godobin, man. That guy's just been around. Like, I think by the time Anton Godobin retires, he'll have at least played for half the league. Twice. If he hasn't already. Yeah. <laughs> it's, no, completely ridiculous. I, I thought Calgary was going to win that. I had so, so such high stakes in that. But, yeah, no. Oh, well. All right. Uh, second last one here, Vegas. I mean, uh, I don't even remember who they were playing. Uh, goodness. Well, they won. Exactly. They're good. Exactly. I, I, it's just expected. Vegas, especially with the Grubauer injury, I fully expect Vegas to be favorites in the West. Vegas, like, yeah. By a long shot. Yeah, like it was. Yeah, this is They're, driving me crazy. Who were they playing in the first round? I'm looking. I'm looking for it too. Um, <laughs> Blackhawks. They played Blackhawks. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> like, I was even more shocked at the Blackhawks winning a game than Arizona winning a game. <laughs> Blackhawks winning a game off a completely fluke of a goal. Off of and Corey Crawford just standing on his head. Like they didn't like, have a prayer in that series. I think but. I think I said I, I think I said that Chicago was going to manage to win one game, but it's Vegas. Yeah, there's Vegas. Not like that's all you need to say. Um, Everyone showed up. I loved I loved their their top six is incredible. Um, and their 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 fourth line is just probably one of the best in the leagues. Yeah. So, I mean. Just a forgettable um, series because it was so one-sided. Yeah, and it ended like probably weeks ago. We I don't even know. Um, but yeah, last series, an actual kind of surprise: Vancouver over St. Yeah. Louis. I picked St. Louis. Um, See, I, I I never bet against a team with Louis Erickson and Jake Vertanen ever. Michael Furland. 
Michael Furland. <laughs> hope he's getting healthy. But yeah, Anton right? Rus- Yeah, Anton Roussel, the pride of France. I mean, yeah, but um, still surprising, very surprising. It, wait, the most surprising wasn't Vancouver. I think is Jordan Bennington. Yeah. What the hell, man? What what happened? I don't I, like like. Did you like the goals in the last game that were scored against him? And it's like, it's shocking that a goalie could be that good last season and just do nothing. Like I, I would argue that his drop off is more significant than Bobrovsky's. Well, I mean, his play during the year was fine. He was technically an all-star. Technically. Well, all-star game was in St. Louis. Yeah, so that's that why helps. I said technically. Yeah, like, yeah. But, like, to me, just, like, first of all, like, all credit to Vancouver and, you know, their yes. young core and Bo Horvat stepping up, scoring some highlight real goals. Like Brock Besser really stepped it up from the playing round. Yeah. So, to me, like, like I think with the young players Vancouver had, like, we knew they were gonna they were going to be a good team, like, they just simply have too many good players at too many positions to not be. But I don't think if anyone was like seriously considering them being like an actual threat in these playoffs this early in their, you know, I rebuild. 100% wasn't. And I, I didn't think Markson looked that solid. You know, he looked good, but he wasn't like all-star. He wasn't amazing. You know, I forget. I was, was just good some- enough. I was looking at some stats and it was like, I forget what game it was. And I think like the high danger scoring chances was when Jake Allen was in that and Jake Allen went four for six on high danger chances. So we let in two goals. And I think Markstrom was eight for eight. And that's your game right there. Yeah. Right. Like, so he was, yeah, he was, he was good. He's he's got to work that glove a little though. Markstrom, Markstrom's glove is a little lacking. Um, if you looked at all the goals that were scored against him in the St. Louis series, a lot, a lot of glove-sided goals. Yeah. So you know it's crazy to me. Like Markstrom's, like he's really stepped it up this year and like established himself as a top-tier goalie. And like I'd forgotten that like when he was with the Panthers, like they put him through waivers, and everyone yeah. said nah. Like, yeah, that's crazy. He, he's he, they're going to they're playing Vegas, and Pete DeBoer was coach in Florida when Markstrom was in Florida. Yeah. How crazy so, is that? Yeah, just insane. But good for him. I We had a Twitter poll out, like, last week. And I think of, like, which former Panther would you want to see win the Cup? And I think the the top two vote-getters are, like, Markstrom and then, like, Marcia Schoen-Smith in Vegas. I know I voted for Marcia Schoen-Smith. I think I voted for Derek Broussard. <laughs> I think I might have been the only one. I think so. Panthers legend, but. Uh, but yeah, all right. So we're running long on time here, Noah. But just before we go, and I know we didn't talk much Panthers this episode, but in fairness, they're not really doing anything right now. No, I, and, I think and, the, they can't do anything until they hire their next GM. So we'll talk more next week, I think, about the GM. He, and, huge push for Bill Zito. Huge. A lot of support online for Bill Zito. Um, rightfully so. I mean, the guy's a legend. Um, but we'll, we'll see about that. 
we'll talk more about off season and what it's going to look like for them. Yeah. Um, you know, throw out some ideas, but we'll end this one here. I want to know who's your pick to win the cup. Okay. I, I thought we would just do maybe predictions for the second round. Okay. We'll do predictions for the second round and then I want your cup pick. Okay. Um, we'll start in the East. Um, I, which I think one of the closer series is going to be Tampa, Boston. Um, I like Boston. I think Boston can make it back to the conference final. That might be where it's going to get tough. But I wouldn't be surprised to see either team move forward. I think it's going to be a really close series uh, with Boston in probably six or seven games. All right. I'm taking Tampa. I'm taking Tampa in six. And I'm saying Barkley Goudreau makes his case for the Conn Smythe in this series by just putting on a clinic. All right. So um, okay, next series is Philly versus New York. Yeah. First of all, the only thing that I forgot to mention about the Philly-Montreal series, um, Carter Hart did not look great. His numbers look great. He did not look great. I think he's overrated. That being said, I, it's, Wow, that's bold. It is wow. very bold. You, might, you but, might get some heat for that, but I, I hope I do because I think he is overrated. He didn't. I don't. I don't, I don't. I don't think Carter Hart's overrated so much as he is a twenty-two-year-old goalie, right? Like <laughs> he's <laughs> well, only people, twenty-two. People are all hailing him as the second coming of Carey Price, and you know, give it. To me, he's like, give it some time. I think he reminds me of like the second coming of Carey Price, but with a better contract. Um, that being said, Islanders, six games. Uh, Florida looked so underwhelming against that series, against Montreal in that series. So, And the Islanders looked so good. So go Islanders. Um, six games. All right. I'm also going to take the Islanders. I'm taking Islanders in four. And in one game, Jordan Eberle hat trick. That's just... <laughs> I don't even know what's bolder. Me saying that Carter Hart is overrated or you saying that Eberle is going to get a hat trick and Barkley Goodger is going to be Conn Smythe's favorite after this series. I mean, <laughs> it could happen. <laughs> it's not likely. That's why it's a bold prediction. Looking but, forward to it. Uh, you, you, you wait and see. You watch my guy Barkley out there. He's going to show up. Um, let's okay. move to the West. We had Colorado Dallas go last night. Dallas up one nothing in the series. So Colorado, I'm picking Colorado in six games. Um, hopefully Frank Kuz can hang in there because uh, I, I don't think uh, there's a lot of positive uh, outlook for Grubauer. And hopefully Eric Johnson is okay. Um, he's going to be a huge, huge loss for them if he can't play. Yeah, but. I think I think Colorado's going to come back much stronger next series. Wait, how many how many games did you say? Six. Okay, I'm saying Colorado in seven. Yeah. And I'm not going to make any bold prediction for this series. I think it's just going to be really great, great hockey. I I think I think if I'll, I'll keep it for the for the Stanley also, Cup prediction. Also, just before we move on to the next one, but. We should have mentioned with the Dallas series how, first of all, Dennis Guriano, four goals, impressive. But Joe Pavelski coming off a brutal year, showing up in the playoffs. Good for him. Yeah, I hate him. 
He was so bad for me in fantasy. And now he decides he's going to start scoring goals. This is so annoying. It's personal. Yeah. Well, I made the, the call to not draft him, so that was really good. But um, Man. So, I mean, I don't, know, I don't know why you would draft a guy who's like 55 years old. But good for him for, you know, for, for being a, a big part of their run right now. Um, you know, yeah. Like to see no, it's... But, uh, but no, I'm taking Colorado. Yeah. All right. And last series, Vegas-Vancouver. Um, I'm going to go Vegas in five. All right. Like, I, I really have high hopes for Vegas. Okay, I'm going Vegas in three. <laughs> Not Vegas in four. Yeah, I mean, I hope, I really do hope Vancouver surprises us. And, like, the, Vancouver's such a fun team to watch. Like, exactly. It, that's uh, going to be a really nice series. But. The Golden Knights look really good. Okay, wait, can I make my bold prediction? <laughs> make your bold prediction. Game one, which is tonight. Robin Wenner tears his groin. Mark Andre Fleury <laughs> pulls the sword out of his back, gets in there, leads them to the sweep. I would, Mark... I would love to see that. Then also, Con- also, I think that we could fully expect to see Mott have a hat trick in each game. No doubt. No um, doubt. Not done with my Fleury prediction though. Then Fleury next round against Colorado, game one. Plays terribly, gets replaced by Robin Leonard. Robin Leonard leads him to the cup. Okay. All right, Noah, your, your cup prediction here before we go. Uh, I'm going to stick with Vegas. What a shot. Vegas looks like a really good all-around team. They're Vegas favorites. Um, no surprise there. Although I will make the case that no matter what, the winner will come from the Western Conference. Okay, who you got coming out of the East, though, in the final? Like, if you're taking Vegas out West, who are you taking from the East? Surprisingly, the Islanders. I'm also taking the Islanders. And because... I think it'd be... It, wouldn't it be cool to see the Islanders in the Stanley Cup final? Yeah, Barry Trotz once again going up against Vegas. Yeah. She was saying, like, I, 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 like, Vegas would be my pick, but I don't want to pick them because you just picked them. <laughs> so, for those reasons, I'm going to take... Barry Trotz and the Islanders, even though, you know, Barkley Goudreau is going to be a lot to handle for, for, for them. It's, it's going to be really, really, I, I think the East is going to be incredibly tight and I am looking forward to the Vegas Colorado um, conference final. I think that's going to be so cool. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to like real dumb eh, if Vegas and Colorado get eliminated. Love to see it. We might lose all of the very little credibility we have. But <laughs> that's okay. Um, but yeah, that, that does it for this episode of the podcast. Thank you to everyone uh, tuning in. We'll be back next week with another episode. And we'll see you guys then.